0: God, uh, you know i kind of begrudgingly respect just the dedication to not getting better at what you do for living. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just coast through life it, it probably shouldn't even happen oh, if you, you got might. it you got to flaunt it uh, acid you know what i got a lot of stuff that i don't want to flaunt so <laughs> i just keep it to myself <laughs>
2: Jeremy is really big into the used mattresses, I that's an excellent, excellent deal. He has
1: a used mattress store on the side, and we found problem. out that Anthony's friends are all 13-year-old boys.
2: <laughs> Whoever wins gets assets ball so <laughs> Clay, uh, how you doing? Doing a little more poorly after that terrible, terrible introduction. I was just fine, to be honest with you. <laughs> Hello, Sci-Fi Gangsters. This is the show where we talk about comic books, video games, and science fiction. But really, it's just an excuse for me to catch up with my friends and to meet interesting people. I'm Anthony Nard, media scholar and person who's about to nerd nerd out about talking about a film here. And we're going to be talking about Nope. Uh, That is the the topic for today. And uh, hopefully, friendships won't be broken. Because based on the text that I got from both Jeremy and Acid, uh we'll, we'll have to we'll figure out We'll, we'll see what everybody says about this but um I'm excited to talk about nope um I'll go ahead and just throw it out there I really enjoyed the film and anyone who didn't enjoy the film we're, we're probably gonna fight we're gonna probably we're gonna fight over this not really I don't like to fight people but anyways let's go ahead and get to uh our guest here today uh we'll start off with our with our guest and that is Michael Michael how you doing
3: I'm good how are y'all I know we were talking academia before coming on. So I just wanted to say hi, everybody. And hopefully everyone's having a good new year so far. So
2: <laughs> of course, Michael, both me and you are on the same program at Georgia State University in the film and media program. So you're slightly behind me in the uh, in where you're at in your, in your PhD process. But um, it's always exciting to get to talk with you. Uh, and, and catch up with everything because I'm, I don't go to campus anymore or I'm not going to be going to campus anymore. And you have been teaching online too. So we haven't really been able to talk. I really haven't been able to see any of my cohort or anybody there. The only person I see there every once in a while is, is Ethan, who is always <laughs> disappointed to see me. Uh, I like, oh, going to talk with me again about this. <laughs> I always feel like that. Every time I'm like, hey, uh, can we talk about uh, this idea that I have? But uh,
3: that's uh, that's just part of the process, right? Yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, so Michael, good to see you.
3: Yeah, good to see you. Me and Ethan have a different thing where our, we never can like, I never can work teams very well. So mm-hmm. that's where he's disappointed in me is that every time we get on Microsoft Teams, we're always like, I either read his like time wrong or like it's not working. So, so don't worry, maybe we're all just <laughs> everyone who's under Ethan, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't like Microsoft Teams. I'll go ahead and just say that right there. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Microsoft yeah. Teams. <laughs> uh, even though we probably should like it more than Zoom, but but I don't. All right. So go ahead and move on to my co-host, Jeremy. Jeremy, how you doing?
0: I'm good. Uh, just kind of getting back in the swing of things uh, post Christmas and New Year's. Uh, and I'll go ahead and throw it out here that, there that a note is entirely mediocre. Oh
2: wow. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have some disagreements on that. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about why I disagree with that statement. But Jeremy, it's been a while since I've seen you. Uh, how, how have you been? Uh, busy. So, I mean, Nope
0: was the first movie that I've sat down and watched in, uh, in quite a while, if it feels like. So I was I was glad to, uh, to make the time to watch a movie. I'm just a, a little upset it was that one. But... Uh... <laughs>
2: not like the direction this conversation I know how you is. feel I mean, you
1: know, jeremy right? i know how you feel
2: you're not but don't don't worry it's not like you're wrong and i'm right i'm just saying that you're wrong and i'm right hold on that's not what i meant to say it's just we have different views on a movie and i'll talk about why i enjoyed the film you'll talk about why you didn't enjoy the film right uh but uh, before we get to that let's go ahead and, and talk with acid Acid, how you doing
1: oh i'm doing pretty good Just banging in the new year school starts tomorrow which i'm sure you are aware of Kids are going back to school, which, you know, makes my life a living nightmare. But that's okay. You know, spring break is right around the corner.
2: I'm, I'm pretty excited. I've I had I've had my kids uh, at home, and it's great to have them there, you know, being wild, screaming, jumping on you, everything. It's always fun. But it's also great when they go back to school. Like that. <laughs> That's always great as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, very good acid. Let's go ahead and, and do what we always do before we get into our topic for today. So we'll hold off. I'm talking about note for just now we'll come, we'll sort of catch up. Right. And, uh, there's many things that I could say to catch up with, but I'll go ahead and go to Michael, uh, very quickly and ask you what's new with you.
3: Um, nothing much. Just been enjoying the break as, as, uh, acid has said, like, uh, school for us. Anthony even though you're not really there anymore um starts on Monday so I know I have to start prepping syllabi and doing that eventually but right now I've been playing uh The Last of Us Mm -hmm. for like the first time ever because uh, yeah because of the HBO show
0: special special time
3: (laughs) yeah it's been it's been great I am actually I was playing and then Anthony texted me being like here's the link for the zoom and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> I almost forgot because I was so in the last of us um
0: which I, uh which part are you at
3: I just got into spring which okay. I didn't know that there were seasons at all until like it got to like fall I think and I was like yeah. what is this game so uh yeah so we just I pet a giraffe and then I saved and I came right up here <laughs> so yeah that's get, I uh,
0: get ready for some emotions
3: Oh, no. I'm already feeling, like, emotional. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Because, yeah, I know I know nothing. Like, all I knew is that there was kind of zombies, and it's a father-daughter dynamic. So I truly am going in a little blind. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, what's up.
2: You know, I've heard a lot of great things from a lot of people about how great this this video game is. But of course, it falls within a single player domain which i'm not gonna i mean i'm not gonna play it uh that's just not not who i am when it comes to video games i do not play single player games just something i do not do anymore
3: fair enough
1: what he's trying to say is he doesn't play with himself very well i do
2: not not very (laughs) not very well i I try to uh, i even tried to get into you know other games with a single player game just play like i like the arkham asylum games i enjoyed those types of games but I don't think, that, that was back in the day. I don't think I could just play a game just to play it by myself. Like, I always feel like I have to play to get better for multiplayer. I don't know, that's just my, that's my style. So of- if,
0: you, if you play multiplayer and you lost every single time, would you still play it? Like, is it the oh, thrill nah. of
2: beating of somebody <laughs> else? Is it your toxic masculinity, Anthony? <laughs> is what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's my squad. I play with my squad, right? It's the community. that's what i enjoyed so much by the way i i did i was playing madden again for the first time i bought the new madden and there is a lot of toxicness on madden when you play online (laughs) and there's a lot of toxic dudes playing and they get and they get shocked when you're actually just cool with them you're like hey you know just uh, that was a good play good job they're like what (laughs) like they're really confused about it like it's like a good good play you're supposed to be
1: supposed to be mad
2: hey what what play what what play was that i like that play what would you do they're like, oh, uh, uh, what? Anyways, so moving on to, uh, we'll go on to Jeremy. Oh, we, we lost Jeremy. He's he's, he's, he's he's stuck in a very angry uh, a Very,
1: um, very angry pose.
2: And, and disappointing.
1: That's very uh, sinister, actually. Well,
2: hmm. While we're waiting for Jeremy, I'll go ahead and talk about my, so I actually did not get to talk about my Puerto Rico trip at all, which I really enjoyed. First time I've ever been to Puerto Rico, it's my, my wife, Alinda, her homeland. Right. So we got to we got to visit Puerto Rico. I had a great time. Obviously, we went to um, uh, the name of the, the uh, San Juan. Right. And um, we it, which is very touristy. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's so touristy that everybody speaks English. Right. So um, we but we had a lot of good meals. I got to jump off a 40 foot uh, cliff into water, which was a thrill and a whole lot of fun. So I enjoyed that. Uh, but um, but yeah, it was a great time had went to the most fanciest restaurant that I've ever been to. And it made me uncomfortable, right? Michael, do you want to guess how much it cost per person? Roughly at this fancy restaurant. Once again, this is the most fanciest restaurant I've ever been to. And, um, uh, I probably will never go to a, a place like this again, because once again, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Just the, the whole atmosphere. Okay. But what, what's okay. your guess here?
3: um we're going with like u.s dollar right sure we'll go u.s dollar okay um per person Ooh, i'll say i don't know if i want to be con- like conservative or more i'll say 200 you know what i'll throw it out there
2: <laughs> yeah so uh yeah it's uh, it was about 150 per person per, per plate however it was $75 per wine bottle, and, th- and we as a group opened up multiple wine bottles. Let me first preface this by saying that we were taken out by someone who took us out to this restaurant, and this person paid for everybody. So oh, nice. uh, it was definitely a um, – oh, Good stuff. A, 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 yeah. Which makes me feel I like so it. uncomfortable. I, I really hate it. I, I hate it when I know for a fact that someone's going to pay for the meal because you know, I know the person.
1: Oh, like up front? What was that? Are you saying like you hate to know up front? Or was this like, a, oh, no, I got it. Don't worry about it afterwards.
2: I'm fine with that. Well, I, I'm actually not very comfortable, <laughs> <well>, anyways. <laughs> but if I know, so we're, if we're going to an expensive place and I know this person and I know this person is going to pay, that makes me feel so very uncomfortable.
1: Does it right? make you I'm feel like you can't get what you want?
2: I guess in a way, yeah, that does. It makes me feel like, yes. Right, but this question like, that lamb
1: looks really good, but maybe I should get the vegetable plate, you know, like <laughs> but you know, this place. $30 way, normally cheaper. that's the
2: case. Yeah, normally that's that's the case. When I know someone's gonna pay, and then I see like a steak and I'm like, I really want the steak. And if yeah. I was going to pay, I would actually fork up for the steak. But sure. knowing that this person's gonna pay,
3: yeah,
2: I, I do not like getting the steak, right? And comes you know, same thing comes with you know
1: I can counter I can counter your anxiety on that. Are you ready? Regular. so get, get you know if okay say say me and you went to uh we'll say acre for dinner right some sort of or the depot are really expensive sure. and the bill is going to be two three hundred dollars okay and I already and you already knew that i was going to pay for it right so your counter is you you know okay but at the end you just you're the you do the tip so you you leave this fat tip for you know the waiter or waitress that always makes me feel Better, like, okay, I, you, you, go, you go ahead, you get the meal. And then, like, when they leave or they're not looking, like, I'll drop 100 on the table for, you know, like, a tip or something like that.
2: Yeah, to put this per, per, into perspective on the overall total, if I paid for the tip, it would probably be about over $200.
1: Yeah. For the, but it's still the... cheaper than it would have been to pay for <laughs> you and everyone else in your family.
2: Right. Anyway, so let me just say the, the food was phenomenal. The, the food was absolutely phenomenal, except for my main course. I went wrong with the main course, but everything else I had was phenomenal. But it was, it was a five-course meal where they give you like a little piece of food for each one. Every one of it was phenomenal, right? Of course, everyone had wine, and I hate wine, so I'm not drinking the wine, right? Oh, so really? Anyway. Interesting. Did
1: Anyways. you have any White Claws while you were there?
2: No White Claws. <laughs> I did have White Claw in Puerto Rico. I was drinking some White Claw in Puerto Rico. Uh, so I enjoyed. Okay, Jeremy, it was I was talking about the
1: on, on, on cross. Oh, okay. I mm.
2: Jeremy, I was talking about my trip to Puerto Rico and I went to the fanciest restaurant that I've ever been to in my life. Um $150 per plate with a with an extra $75 per wine bottle charge. And there was multiple wine bottles opened. Uh so and uh someone else forked up the 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 bill. Someone took the bill. It's always nice that, that is uh it was very nice very nice of this person when did you go it, anthony what was that when did you go to puerto rico i went in like right after the semester ended in, in december
3: Ooh, okay
2: so yeah it was a it was a whole it was the whole trip was fun uh, i went with uh Linda and her sisters and their partners so uh, it was like a, a three-way partner trip kind of a thing. We had a, a, an Airbnb and everything. Jeremy's eyebrows raised with my choice of words. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. But, Jeremy, we'll go ahead and get to you. We lost you for a second. I'm glad to have you back.
0: Uh, yeah, I have uh, recently uh, reset my gateway. But, uh, but yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know, the last six, eight weeks have been a kind of a whirlwind. Um I think i mentioned this before but i last year i decided to go back and reread um things that i had read when i was younger that i really enjoyed and uh so i've worked my way through various series and i'm just starting on um some of the star wars books which are no longer canon they are now uh considered legends but i refuse to read the new ones i put way too much time and effort into memorizing all the old lore so I'm reading The Old Ones, uh, and I just started on to Air of the Empire, uh, which is the um, the first book in the first Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn, which is a uh, really, really good trilogy to kind of set up that whole um, extended universe post-Jedi originally. So I'm looking forward to reading back through those.
3: mm is there anything you recommend, Jeremy, that you've reread so far that you're like, "Oh, everyone should be on this"?
0: Um, unfortunately, <laughs> my experiences has kind of been rereading is like, "Oh, this isn't as well fleshed out as I remembered." Um, particularly some of the um, Shatner books, mm. even though they're they're quite enjoyable and I still liked them. Uh, there are leaps made to progress the story. It's a little bit lazy storytelling. Um, I reread the Harry Potters and I, my opinion of JK Rowling's um, storytelling ability Hmm. still holds. It's uh, she doesn't follow traditional dynamics of a story. It's kind of flat, 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 flat all the way through. And the, the height of the, the story has about as much drama as everything else, so it's kind of just a um straight through um
1: that's how I felt about the movies too like nothing ever seemed like, oh my yeah. God, that just like none of that just ever happened to me in the movies like I'm not saying the movies were bad, but they could have been much better,
0: yeah i mean they after Chris Columbus left the movies there there is a distinct difference in feel. Mm. And I mean, I will say the stories are fleshed out better in the books. Um, but yeah, I, it's still not one of those things that I think everyone should run out and read. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how the, how the Thrawn books hold up. On a, It'll be my probably third or fourth reread, but the first time in at least 10 years.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, to be able to read for, for fun. Like, oh, that would be so phenomenal, just to read for fun. <laughs> you it's like. pictures of you playing video games. <laughs> it's not a no. lack of time. Yeah. No, no, no. No, it's a lack of mental energy. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't, yeah. That's, um I don't mean, I didn't mean to say that you have too much time on your hands. I'm saying <laughs> I would love to be able to have the mental energy to be able to just read for fun again. Uh, but, uh, but Yeah. Very good. Michael, what's the last uh, time you read for fun? (laughs)
3: Um, Probably, oh God, I was reading a book. I got like halfway through it and then stopped because unfortunately school does that. So probably a couple months ago, I read like a chapter (laughs) of a book for fun, (laughs) but like a whole book. Oh my gosh. Like actually I'm not very big of a of a reader in the fiction sense because actually uh Jeremy you're talking about Harry Potter. Like as a child I never got into them. And like I tried reading them when I was a little bit older, like in high school-ish area. And I got to like the third book and then stopped as soon as they got like this thick or so. So yeah, I, I'm definitely like a film major through and through sometimes with <laughs> with how I consume my fiction and my media. But um, I would love to read more but yeah as Anthony said a lot of academic textbooks I'm currently reading so that has been the thing I'm consuming the most but not for fun unfortunately well they're fun to us <laughs> they're just not you know <laughs> they're not some were, fun, some of fun I'll, I'll yeah. say some of
2: the academic texts that I've read I've enjoyed I feel like yeah. they may have been fun
1: yeah
2: all right yeah. acid what's new
1: what's new what's new hmm. um let's see we did uh just book uh, our disney cruise uh Great. for june so we're gonna go disney cruise in june head to the bahamas the the bahama cruise and when we get back we'll do a couple of park days <clears throat> so we'll get that done this summer um we also booked our washington dc trip for spring break so we're heading up to dc oh, my homeland yeah, and uh, for spring break for a few days, uh, go check out the sites. I haven't been in years. I haven't been since high school. So, and the kids have never been. So, we figured we'd go up there and, you know, show them all the all the important stuff. You know, anyway. So, uh, I think we're gonna do a White House tour and, um, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So, see see the monuments and you know eat some good food and come home. Just you know something to do with the, with the family. Go fly out there. And um, I've been trying to eat less calories than i burn every day so i'm i'm on point so far this year i know it's only day four but you know so far so good and um so yeah so that's all that's this really new other than you know school starting tomorrow
2: all right well very good excellent good to have everybody here so let's go ahead and get started here let's get started with our 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 conversation about the film nope by jordan peele his third Mm -hmm. film correct michael it is worst (laughs) Okay, so all right, so here we go. What else has he
1: done? Just so we're, just so I'm caught up.
2: So get out, which is it was his big one, and then us, right? Us, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, I didn't see that. So I started with the worst one. Okay, got it.
2: So Jeremy, real
1: quick,
2: real quick, out of the three films, which one do you like the the most? Get out. Get out. Like
0: strongly, I
1: think is the best
2: okay so let me let me go first okay let me just say my thing first
1: okay. have to bring positivity to the table first okay go ahead
2: this is my favorite jordan peele film
3: wow right. okay for,
2: <laughs> for a couple of reasons all right so i, I we'll, we'll, what we're going to do here is we'll do we'll talk about three things that we enjoyed or did not like about the film we'll kind of we'll do a real round robin thing like we always used to always do but let me talk about what one theme so what jordan peel does very well in all his films is that he often picks a theme or multiple themes and he really plants it throughout the film and he really sort of he plays with that theme in multiple avenues right so my first theme that i want to talk about is exploitation because i think that's his, his overarching theme in in nope is the idea of exploitation right and, and exploitation is sort of played with throughout the entire film. From the very beginning where he talks about Moybridge, and the, the very first film being a slave on a horse, right? And the idea of exploitation there. And then there's exploitation in terms of sort of the exploitation of animals, right? Sort of like the domestication of horses. But there's also exploitation of trauma and talking about the, the, the Jupiter character, how he had a very... St- serious trauma like a, a trauma where he should be in a mental institution right or he should have serious PTSD, but he's he makes a, a a carnival based on that trauma so and there's so much uh, this uh, this idea of exploitation is constant throughout the whole film and even when uh the main characters decide to when they find this ufo or this animal this alien animal their first thing, their first thing to do is, well, we got to take a picture of it so we can make money off of it, which is, which is insane when you think about it, right? Why would you do that? That makes absolutely no sense. But when you think about the theme of exploitation and how Jordan Peele is, once again, it's a commentary on, on, it's an exaggerated commentary on sort of like American and Western society, this, this idea that we need to commodify everything, and how disturbing it gets when we are commodifying exploitation or we're commodifying trauma. So let me just focus on the Jupiter character, which I find that this this character is disturbing in so many ways, like not disturbing in a very explicit way, right? When you think of a horror film, he's not not a, a murderer. He's not a guy with a knife going around killing people. But when you think about the character in general, he, he he suffered a very serious trauma where the a TV show was sort of exploiting a a, a, a chimpanzee in order to create a TV show, and that chimpanzee when you when you are attempting to and this often sort of ties into the theme as well the idea of attempting to control living beings like this desire to control living beings and the 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 dangerous and the violent consequences of that. So when you think about the Jupiter character, he's a a kid in a TV show and the ape goes insane and, and starts killing everybody or starts hurting everybody. And that trauma of that ape doing that, rather than Jupiter attempting to sort of find a way around this or trying to sort of burying that trauma, what the one thing he does is he creates a carnival around it and one of the most disturbing scenes when you really think about it because obviously when you're watching the film when you're watching a horror film there are certain expectations and in many ways nope does not fall, does not satisfy those um, expectations but when you really think about what's disturbing about the film is when he's talking about the snl skit i think it's fantastic it's brilliant because obviously it's a fictional SNL skit because this did not really actually happen. None of this actually happened, but the idea that SNL Saturday Night Live would create a skit mocking a a something as traumatic and and uh, and, and serious as a chimpanzee killing a bunch of people is insane. But it sort of like it, it's it's an over exaggerated. Um, mirror on exploitation in general like this this idea that we need to commodify everything that we need to make everything make money everything the so those themes that that theme of exploitation is consistent throughout the film and when you when you, you watch, i remember when i was watching the film first off i was by the way i was watching on a plane right so i was watching on a plane on my way to puerto rico and i'm like you know Once again, you have expectation when you go to watch a horror film and there's like, oh, there's there's a really good scene. I won't talk about that until later. There's a really good scary scene that I enjoyed. Then You're like, okay, that was fine. But but then when you really actually start to think about. The film itself, it's everything is like, oh, wait, that's right. This happened and this happened. It's like it's this it's this weird reflection of. American society in general of uh, this desire, this quickness to want to exploit things, even things that you should not be trying to commodify. And one of the things is the trauma. Of course, the TMZ reporter as well, like he just shows up there, but he has this weird mask thing where it's like he has a helmet, but he has a like was it like a camera in the helmet or something weird? Like it's this weird, grotesque, like alternate reality where it's so close to actual reality, but The exaggerated parts is what is designed to be disturbing about it. So that's that's the one thing I want to talk about in terms of like the the major thing that I've noticed in terms of uh, exploitation and commodification of trauma. Okay, good. So that's what that's what I want to talk about. So we'll go ahead and we'll we'll go to Jeremy next and we'll go to Michael to uh, clean the palate after what Jeremy has to say. Uh, (laughs) Now, go ahead, Jeremy
0: no i mean i I don't disagree with anything you said other than the fact that most movies that beat you over the head with the theme over and over are satire and they're done in a very particular way and this was not done in that way um so but i'll start with something that i like so i thought the cinematography of the first segment was very strong so when it started i had really high hopes um but then it just got kind of progressively lazier throughout the movie. Um, yeah, I thought the, the, the initial scene, like the angles, the focus, the use of color, all that was really great. And But then it almost seemed like it was shot by somebody else the later part of the movie.
2: It does become... Like, it kind of starts off a little art, artsy, and then it kind of gets progressively like blockbuster-ish at the, at the very end. And I don't disagree with you, Jeremy. I, I, I don't. So yeah, I, I don't necessarily have anything to say in terms of uh, to, to disagree with you on that. But yeah, it definitely felt like when when it's revealed that it's, I think the, the the movie sort of loses its luster in a lot of ways when you find out what the alien is. I feel like that's yeah, the they, sort
0: of... they never should have shown it I don't think
2: hmm. I can agree with that all right very good excellent Michael we'll go ahead and go to you and uh, you can say, talk about things you like
3: things about things you didn't like um so I will say I'm on the same page as Anthony where I really love this movie I saw it twice in theaters um And I think that's no surprise that Anthony and I are the ones who love it so much because this film is like about film and is very like heavily focused on film. So of course the two film majors (laughs) are like, just like, oh my God, like uh, there was like a a gift set I saw where the aliens that Jupe like uh, makes are actually, The like cameras that were on set, they're like the same. That's where their faces come from, and it's like the little stuff like that that I was like, wow, like this is truly, (laughs) this is truly for the film girlies. Like this is like so, like it was so much about film and how film, like as you were saying, Anthony, how exploitative film is. Um, I came out of this movie having like a paper idea with all of Jordan Peele's films. So like I definitely am like this film i would probably if i had to rank them i'd probably put nope second us last and then get out first mm-hmm. but uh yeah like i really i really love this film um i'll probably watch it again and again um i love the alien especially in its final form i just love how it looks um and all the like references to religion and especially angels like especially since I grew up Catholic, I was, like, very into that, (laughs) like, I was just, like, I, like, a lot of how the film looks is, um, and, like, the themes of it, I was just, like, on board for, so I, I don't have, it's been a while since I watched it, so I will say, like, again, I watched it when it came out in theaters, so it's been a couple months, so I don't have anything, like, negative to say right off the bat from what, from what I can think of it, um, but, I like I yeah I, I don't disagree with anyone but yeah personally I just yeah it was definitely made for me <laughs> this film so so I really loved it
2: One one thing that I noticed that sort of ties into the filminess about it is like the alien itself look, like many people have brought up the fact that it looks like an eye like it's it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like one large eye but to me it almost seems like a camera because it's got the eye of the camera and it's sort of attempting to capture things right yeah. so like
3: metaphorically capturing yeah I mean even the way that it begins right like the beginning of the film looks like a tv like it looks like a screen that you're like zooming into except it's obviously not because it's like wind rushing and all this stuff and we later find out it's its mouth right Um, but like the way like so much of it is like it's so heavily focused on like film and like what film means and how like uh the other thing I think Anthony that like you kind of are getting to is like spectacle right and how the spectacle consumes and how we are so wanting to consume what is the spectacle and so which leads to your exploitation thing right and so yeah like a lot of it with like the cameras um how like both cameras and nature and all these other things kind of morph together um how we capture These moments, whether or not that's like exploitative in nature or not, like what it is, like yeah, I can go on on, but (laughs) but yeah, I, I I truly adore this film.
2: All right, excellent. We'll kind of we'll get to our second round here, but first, Acid, what do you got? Talk to me.
1: Um, so these types of movies aren't really my uh entertainment that I kind of go to. Um, I felt like I was watching a uh an M Night Shyamalan movie know i mentioned that earlier i really felt like this was like an updated version of the village and um i just with with my mentality going into the movie i i was sort of i don't i don't analyze them kind of the way that y'all do um i kind of go in for the am i going to be entertained or not um just because i mean that's just kind of how i view my entertainment same with video games am i going to be entertained or not you know the story is kind of second to me um but there were some. I'll start with some good things. Um, the uh, I thought the cast was fun. Um, I don't know how you get any better uh, cast wise in a story like this. Um, I, I was kind of disappointed uh, that, that Glenn from uh, Walking Dead was uh, had such a smaller role in this in this film. Um, I thought he could have had some some more stuff. Um, I mean. The, the scene with the with the entity over the house uh, while it was raining and that kind of stuff that was that was I thought that was well done I didn't find it a horror movie nothing really scared me about the movie um it was more just like a ah that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of nasty you know or whatever ah that's that that wasn't that wasn't good um but as a, as a whole, I, d- I wasn't I wasn't entertained at the end. I was more left confused than I was anything else. Um, I mean, especially after the it it didn't choke on the fake horse, but a balloon killed it. That's kind of I mean that <laughs> seems seems it should have went in the opposite direction. Um, but anyway, um, and I and I kind of like to have closure in in films like that and there was none for me like there was no closure like where did this thing come from are there other things like it it even even leave it open to even suggest that anything else was out there or anything else was was coming or not coming or whatever but um so i guess in a nutshell my first round is i was i was very confused after i finished this film so well, very good. Excellent. Excellent.
2: You know, obviously, you know, I love Marvel films and I love, I love action films and everything, but every once in a while I like to watch a film like this and sort of like enjoy the fact that it's not obsessed with world building. It's just an isolated story about an, a, an, alien animal that just apparently is just there, <laughs> I guess, which is fine for me. I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a fine setup for me, but um We'll go ahead and get to my second thing before we get to everybody else. So I wrote down exploitation number one, and I wrote down trauma for number two. And I kind of talked about trauma a little bit, but I want to talk about sort of the tra- the idea of trauma of like inheriting trauma and then spreading that trauma, like this desire to spread trauma to others, right? So once again, we kind of get to Jupiter and this idea that he suffered a very violent incident where he watched an animal almost killed. I'm assuming he killed a lot of them, right? Like the the mom survived. The mom survived, but did he he kill the man? No,
0: the sister survived.
2: The sister survived. So the mom and the dad were killed. Yeah. I'm assuming, okay. So you just watched an an ape kill people, right? That's a traumatic experience, especially as a child. It was a chimpanzee. Chimpanzee, right? Sorry, my apologies to the chimpanzees. Uh, So, uh, and then he attempts to capture or try to control an alien being. But not only does he do that, right? So obviously, you know, in your second, in my second run through, I realized that he had been sort of attempting to domesticate the alien throughout the whole film, right? Because he was, that's why he was getting the horses from, from the beginning. He was getting the horses from the other guy to feed because he was wanting to domesticate the, the animal, right? The alien. And But then he, this is one of the most disturbing parts of the film to me, is that when you watch it, you notice that there are families present at this show. And as a, as a dad, the scene where they're all stuck in the belly or the esophagus mm-hmm. or whatever, and they're all screaming, my god that is what to me i don't know what it is there's certain things that kind of trigger me and the idea of being confined in a digestive system knowing that your kids are there with you is one of the most disturbing things i can i can possibly think of. so like that (laughs) that scene where they're all screaming in the in there is is absolutely is is horrible um, but yeah so that, that's, that's the second thing i wrote here is like the idea and this is kind of something i talk about when i talk about uh the uh um the watchman in my in my comic book t- t- uh class and in, in the, in the watchman one of the main themes in the watchman is the inheriting trauma and then spreading that trauma to other people right that's one of the main themes in the watchman uh, that's one thing i noticed in terms of like you suffered this horrible event and now you're you're putting other families in danger right it's it's this very disturbing thing but we'll go ahead and get to jeremy
0: um all right so my main criticism is that this is not really a movie um it's not really a story so it is at best one act of a story there is absolutely no character development um Throughout the entire movie, there's um, really not even a big arc. Like you kind of get right into it, and then it's just struggle to the end. Um, it so it doesn't make sense from a storytelling perspective. It doesn't. The science is terrible, offensively bad. Um, so even from a science fiction perspective, it doesn't get the science right. Um, The nickel would not have killed uh, Keith David. Um, The balloon would not have exploded. I'm assuming that's like an ode to Jaws that's his. um, (laughs) The balloon would not have, it's it's not that compressed. So it wouldn't have done anything. Um, Yeah, so it's it's really the lack, the complete lack of character development um, and the lack of any changing dynamics in the story that That really killed it for me.
2: Yeah, um, I can understand that. They definitely, because I'm trying to think of all the characters, and I think you're right. There is no character growth. There's like no change. I guess you could say the main character. He sort of he 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 kind of figures out a way to to beat the creature by not attempting to. Capture it because originally he wanted to capture the, the the creature, or he wanted to capture an image of it in order to make money off of it. Then he figures that's not possible, so he kind of learns to to look away from the the animal. But yeah, no, I, but that I, I was
0: beforehand, it. right? I mean, he was still trying to capture an image of it, even the looking away was just a an artifact mm-hmm. of not getting sucked up. Yeah,
2: mm, I can understand that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Also, uh, the fact that it was an animal. Does it make sense? Like, why, why choose an animal? It, it,
2: it wasn't I mean, a UFO. It was a creature.
0: Yeah, but even like even if it's a ship, it's still housed by sentient beings. So that just seemed an odd choice. So it,
2: it, basically, it was a, it was a monster, right? It it, it was a monster, like yeah, so. But, like, I mean, a monster doesn't an literally alien have to be. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: All right, well, very good. Uh Michael, what do you got? Um, oh, before I go into mine, I think it's just interesting because like uh I think from what I'm hearing, like all of you assume that like OJ is the main character, right? Whereas I read it as Emerald being the main character, because she has like a decent arc, right? Of her coming into her own from her family and like her like trauma around her family where her dad did not like like did not like help her or like you know trust her as much as like say oj right and i think it's like kind of to be fair it's like a dual protagonist moment right like the siblings are the main protagonists of this movie and that they are the ones who are going on their journey together but like i i definitely think like she has like more of the journey for me watching this film compared to say like oj right who has to just learn to trust her But she also has become trustworthy because she will like disappear, go away, like not care about the family in the sense that he cares about the family because of his father's own like, you know, issues around their family. So um, that's kind of just a quick interjection of like, it was just interesting. I was like, oh yeah, like everyone seems to think OJ is like the main guy. And I'm like, No, I, oh. again, I
0: agree. I agree with you. I think she had she was by far the most dynamic character. Yeah. I just felt like she was still the same person at the end as she was at the beginning.
3: Fair enough. That's a fair enough reading. Like, I definitely don't get that, but that's fair. Like, um, I guess like so the thing that I took away most from this like film that probably will turn into an academic paper like most things as anthony knows get turned into eventually when we watch things is the use of animals in this i thought was really interesting and especially going back to jordan peele's other two films and how he uses animals in those as well like with get out there's the deer with uh, us there's like rabbits and then with this one it's like horses and then like this monstrous creature right who is revealed as to be an animal and especially like a predator and I think something that I am really interested in is how Jordan Peele uses animals and race and horror to like create these like this imagery right and so that's kind of like the biggest thing that I took away from this that I really liked was just kind of the connection of blackness to like specific animals especially like historically black people have been linked to being predators and how this time like in in all of Peel's stuff they are more like the victims of these greater systems or things right that are like oppressing down upon them and so yeah like that's something I really thought he did in this movie and again like I think all three of his movies kind of have these loose connections to that idea so again if you want to hear more about this hopefully I'll write a paper about it sometime in the near future um or i guess this is where i can plug in media res because i did a jordan peele week for it so <laughs> where i wrote about this but yeah um so that's kind of one of the things that really intrigues me about this film that i really liked.
2: yeah and that's actually one of the reasons why i had you on the show because i saw <laughs> that you had the, the week on jordan peele and i wanted to talk about nope yeah uh, very <laughs> yeah. good
1: all right Asa, what do you got i um, kind of piggybacking on what Jeremy said and just my whole thing about this really wasn't a horror film. Um, you know, every horror film, I think I've watched, um, I guess, including this one, if you want to call it a horror film, um, the characters themselves, I didn't, I felt like I didn't care about, you know, there wasn't, like he was saying, there's not enough, there wasn't enough to development. I don't think there was, I think the backstory just going into this, the backstories were kind of weak. Um, on, all oh, there wasn't enough. Like, I feel like I needed more, not just for development, but I needed more, you know, I needed more backstory. I needed to know more about them before they started this, if you want to call it journey in this film or whatever. Um, I felt like they crammed it in as fast as they could. And 90 minutes of the rest of the movie was nobody talking because a lot of it was just, you know, somebody walking around a corner or into a barn or running and hiding. And there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of dialogue. So you're trying to figure out who these people are by watching their movements and watching their actions. And that's just, that was a little disappointing. Like, cause I, I, after I finished it, I'm like, well, I, I mean, I didn't enjoy it, but I also didn't give a rip about anybody in this movie character wise. I just, so, I didn't, I don't know, I, that kind of disappointed me, I guess. All and right.
0: The cinematographer, I will say, I thought was going to be a really interesting character and then was not.
2: Well, he kind of, it was It was weird. He was almost like he was sacrificing himself for the perfect shot. By yeah, the way, yeah. the, the idea of the perfect shot was such a weird, I will say this, like, I feel like it, maybe I just didn't get it the idea of the perfect shot in terms of like I, I need to capture something and I'm willing to die for it like I, I just didn't really I didn't understand that part I mean
0: that. I get I, like I, I, I get that I mean it's it's an artist to the pinnacle like he's you know everyone holds him in esteem but in his own mind he hasn't quite perfected the art yet so he's going after perfection in you know mastery of his art. So I get that. I just like when it was when he was watching the really odd Python and Tiger things and I was like, Oh man, this guy's gonna be something and then it just kind of never came up. Other than I will say one of my favorite scenes was him at the dinner table with the purple people eater uh, oh yeah dialogue.
1: That wasn't bad. I liked that.
2: I thought that he was going to like I felt I thought that his filming was going to be what would capture the image of the alien and not the the barn the 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 well picture so it was kind of weird he kind of sacrificed himself for nothing in a lot of ways Yeah
0: well I think that's that's part of it right like he was willing to like he destroyed everything in his path for to get the shot
3: Yeah I definitely think that comes into again like this idea of like exploitation and like spectacle right where like especially the implication was that he was somehow like very gravely sick because he was taking pills and stuff like that and so to kind of sacrifice himself in this way I think a lot of people kind of end up doing that right like we have like people who are like killed on sets right like many people like die of exhaustion or all these things are happening in the name of art and I think that's kind of what his character was is this kind of like extreme version of like things are already happening within like media and Hollywood itself is that like people are dying <laughs> from this for for this pursuit of like fame and glory and like these moments and uh yeah I think that's what his main kind of well, archetype was
1: even the TMZ guy, when he fell over mm-hmm. on the bike, I mean, the only thing he seemed to care about was, did you get the shot? Did you know? Did you get the? Did you get my camera? Did you get my? You know, yeah. Hence the
0: mm-hmm. beating you over the head. Yeah.
2: Was this beating you? I, I don't. I don't I think mean, that's fair. I mean, it was from
0: fair... from the get go. It was. Yeah.
2: I don't think that's fair. It was fair. just
0: like if he had just come out like Jordan Peterson himself walked into frame. And just said, This is what I'm trying to tell you.
3: And oh, Jordan back Peele, out. not Peterson, oh, by sorry. the way. Peele. Yeah, wow, Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: They're because. You're talking, talking to Anthony too much, about I know, he's been talking to me. So, uh, Michael, I have been getting in way too much in the weeds with Jordan Peterson. Like, me and him <laughs> are like arch nemesis, and he doesn't know it. Like, so, I, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I keep, every time like I'll, I'll figure out something like stupid about Jordan Peterson, I'll text. <laughs> jeremy like look at this guy very good excellent uh let's all say one quick thing about um about this film i just want to say i loved the barn scene i know it's a misdirect but i loved it it was it was fantastic it was oh, like talking about with the little
1: alien kids
2: the little alien kids where yeah. you thought maybe it was actually actually aliens ah oh, it was phenomenal i just loved that scene i thought it was great suspense I thought the, the like the the way that the the aliens were moving like like that one shot where like the heads poking out slowly like that oh that's it was phenomenal I loved it uh, but go ahead and move on to Jeremy
0: uh, yeah I mean I think the casting was great um, I think everyone did a really really good job um, playing their roles I was surprised at um, Stephen. Can't remember his last name. Yoon. Um,
1: yeah. So and, Yoon. yeah,
0: yeah. It, it, his little his monologue when he was talking about the SNL scene, um, I was like, man, this guy's got some acting chops that you really didn't see on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and like playing the dad, I love Keith David. Uh, like everything he does, I, I enjoy. So the
2: Marines, um, or is the Navy? Does he do the Navy? <laughs> I can't remember which one he does. Does it, is it Marines or Navy? The he has voiceover, a voiceover.
0: It was the Marines. Okay. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I, everyone, it It almost felt like it was written, um, like Jordan Peele wrote it with those actors in mind, um, which is probably true, um, for the main guy since he's he's been in, in pretty much everything. Um, but yeah, so I thought I thought the casting
2: was was really sharp. All right, well, very good, Michael. What do you got?
3: Um, I'll just like quickly piggyback and say I just want Daniel Kaluuya in like more things. Um, so I also enjoyed the casting. Um, my, okay, let's see. Probably one of my favorite scenes is definitely that like Jupiter's claim, uh, sucking everyone up scene where like everyone gets like eaten. Um, I actually okay, so <laughs> weird plug but like uh for halloween i went to universal studios where they have the actual jupiter's claim there and so i got to like walk through it uh during their horror nights where a bunch of people dressed up as the us people were there waiting to scare me (laughs) so um i like it was one of those true film major moments where i was like could i just like hang out here for like 10 minutes and look around (laughs) but you know you have to like keep walking obviously but I really want to just look at the set Um, but the Jupiter's claim stuff I really love as just like a set design um, were like great and yeah and that was also the scariest part was when they got sucked up and were eaten like that was like terrifying and I'll have to show I'll have to send Anthony a bunch of stuff from like the internet because I saw a video of Jordan Peele filming that scene where they're in the like like kind of throat area and like how he filmed it on like a tracking shot or uh, I think yeah, it was a tracking sh- or dolly. That's what it was, and it's like really cool. They're just like this like giant <laughs> like throat that people are like sliding through, um, and it's like really cool. And I'll have to I'll have to like send it to Anthony to send to all of y'all, but uh, yeah. There's so many little Easter eggs that are just like really great <laughs> in this like in this like movie. So, real quick thing.
2: So what's so disturbing about that? Once again, so I've had. So one of, my, one of my more recurring nightmares, right, <laughs> is, and I've had these nightmares before, and it wakes me up and it scares me. Well, one of my worst nightmares is, uh, this is the scenario of a, of a nightmare that I've had several times, by the way, is the world is ending. I have my kids. My wife's nowhere to be found. And like the world is literally ending, and I have to tell my kids we're all about to die. That is by far my worst. I have, I've had these nightmares before. And I wake up and I'm like I'm thrown. So the idea that I could be in an alien's throat with my kids, my goodness. <laughs>
1: one of those. He's most gonna terrifying... have
0: nightmares tonight. You wouldn't <laughs> have to tell that. them at that point, though. Like they would just.
2: They would
1: just know. <laughs> they would know by know. then. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. at least one thing off your plate.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think those the people worst were part... conscious. Those people were yeah. conscious and alive, screaming in that <laughs> throat.
0: I say that that was the most uncomfortable scene in the movie by far. Yeah.
3: I think the worst part about that scene is that it's by the hands of a child actor. So truly like this child actor doomed you to your fate. Um, And that's your lot in life is to get eaten and eventually barfed out on this (laughs) this black man's house later.
2: (laughs) All right. Asa, what you got?
1: Uh, uh, I I guess I'll say this uh, favorite character in the movie. Was the uh, the tech guy from the little oh okay you know, from the little Best Buy knockoff? I, I kind of felt like him. Yeah, I fries? Just, you know,
0: con- I'm pretty sure fries is not you can't really call it a knockoff. It's a it's a huge chain.
1: I <laughs> oh, I, I've I never
0: heard of supplies. it. So I mean, yeah, apparently-
1: I've never heard of that. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of felt like him, just you know, confused but along for the ride. You know, just let's let's go. You know, but I guess one of the scenes that really kind of agitated me was the uh praying mantis scene when the praying mantis was on the camera i'm like really is that what we're is that what we're doing now okay
2: very good excellent well very good to hear everybody's opinion here some of us like this some of us like the film way more than others and that's totally fine we're allowed to like films we're allowed to not like films that's just the way things are
0: Unless it's that in a James is- Cameron movie. And then if you don't like it, it's because you're wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> According right. to James Cameron.
2: <laughs> According <Okay>. to <laughs> James Cameron. <laughs> all right. Well, very good. Excellent. Well, that is our show for today. Acid, is, is there comments or anything? Probably not. Uh, there, comments there, there
1: are, but it's from a spam bot, so we're good.
2: Oh, <laughs> spamming us. That's our show for today. Once again, you can check out all of our shows on youtube also you can check us out wherever you get your podcasts and podcast form i'm anthony that's jeremy that's michael that's acid train goodbye everybody